Welcome to the special 2018 seasons of the Wealth Standard Podcast, celebrating life, liberty, and property. You are currently listening to Life Season 1. Hi, everyone. How are you doing? This is Patrick, and you're listening to the Wealth Standard Podcast. We are on episode 15, <laughs> and it is, uh, it's, it's exciting to come to you for this podcast because this is a this is a special one that I've done every single year for for this will be the eighth year, and we're gonna put in the show notes this special special podcast uh, of the year, which is from the Real Estate Guys Investment Summit at Sea. So as you guys can tell, if you're watching the video on our YouTube channel, you can kind of look toward the backdrop, and we got a pretty awesome uh, pretty awesome view of St. Thomas that's in the, the Virgin Islands. But this is a this is a, an investment summit that I've come on for uh, eight years in a row. And I brought my uh, daughter last year, my middle daughter, and this year my wife and, uh, and son came with my four-year-old. And, uh, and then also uh, my gr- great friend, Gary Pinkerton is here too. You could see him on the, on the video. And uh, it's special because this is, this is an event that uh, I looked forward to every year. I mean, it's, it's an event that is somewhat inconvenient just because we all have stuff going on. But it's an event where they bring speakers and it's in an environment that is very unique to the typical environment that we're in. And it's an environment that uh, really starts to generate energy and generate thoughts from a very similar paradigm, which really makes you think about things that you normally don't think about uh, on the day, in a day-to-day routine. So we're going to get into a lot of the things that we've been learning this year. And also, uh, Gary, we're going to talk about his past uh, what he's doing right now, and a book that uh, that he co-wrote with uh, a number of reputable authors, and uh, so we're going to get into that, which is a very, very much along the same the same thing, uh, same theme. But this year it's special because, well, last years have been special on this on this particular cruise, but this year has been special because one of the the keynotes uh, was Robert Kiyosaki again, and uh, and his wife Kim came, and there's always a difference, right? When he has come by himself in the past, it's a different dynamic. When he comes with Kim, there's all it's it's different, and the, what they talk about, how they reference one another, how they talk about team, is uh, is really profound. And based on the theme that we have for uh, this season, which is essentially you as your greatest asset. There is nothing more important that comes second than your uh, the special people in your life. When it comes to business, it's uh, your it's your team. And he referenced a lot of military. Gary was uh, was at the naval. You you went to the naval academy. Mm-hmm. Had a, a very prestigious career in the navy uh, as a sub- submarine uh, commander, and uh, and then you know wor- worked a few years after that until he until he retired. So a lot of references to the mili- uh, military versus typical society or or in the civilian world. So we're going to get into that as well. But before we kind of dive straight into the podcast and uh, the specific topics, uh, don't don't forget to go and check out the resources that we put on the website for each episode. Now, in this episode, or this episode, as I as I mentioned, we're going to put the past eight years of podcasts on there. I guess it would be seven years, uh, but seven years where we've done the podcast, talking about what we've learned, 
uh, the different themes, and you're going to definitely see, you know, kind of the, the evolution of, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's content or quality or, or whatever. Uh, but I've had very, you know, I, I uh, rarely come alone to these. And so I've had, I've brought individuals uh, in the past and I've interviewed people here. And so all of those podcasts will be available on thewealthstandard.com. So make sure you go check that out. Also, it's a, it's a newer website. And so there's lots of other nuggets and, and information on there. And then we're going to be uh, giving away some of Gary's, uh, Gary's books. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you in just a moment how, uh, how that's going to be possible. You can get one of his books, one of his books for free. Cool. Okay, Gary, well, let's, let's do, let's do this. Um, so this is your third time, correct? Third time. All right. Yeah, third not time. in a row, but third time. So third time on the summit. So let's, I want to get your take first. Cause we didn't even really prepare for this. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you, you're really I'm good. comfortable with that now. <laughs> yeah, you are. Cause you're, you're like, you have the preparedness mindset. Yeah. Um, and which is somewhat opposite to uh to mine right so yeah. i know but it, i know it's it's been there's been some take uh, getting used to when it comes to you know just doing a lot of this stuff off the cuff but maybe you know first start with what you're getting out of this year you brought sue this year you brought ryan yeah. your your uh your uh 12 year old son right he was 12 right. Yeah. then yeah so you brought ryan last year i mean talk 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 to me and talk to the audience about this this year and what you're getting out of it thus far yeah, so to talk about this year, I think I have to go back to the beginning, um, but I won't talk too much about 2012 because that actually leads into the book. It's, mm-hmm. it's part of this book. But um, uh, so my my first time coming was 2012, and um, that was right after I got my life insurance policy. It was right after I met you and John Stewart, and you both happened to be on that cruise, so mm-hmm. it was pretty awesome for me. Uh, you know, same kind of response for a lot of our clients actually that that are, um, you know meet us for the first time on the cruise or whatever. Just have a really close bond, I think, and kind of reinforcement that, man, this community makes a lot of sense and what we're doing makes a lot of sense. And it's certainly inspirational for me to, you know, get that kind of pump from my from my clients. But so I came on and I was in the, the reverse role or the other side of that that table, if you will, in 2012. Um, I took a few years off, you know, it was in my original plan to, um, uh, when I was working with Patrick, to, to go on the cruise every year. And it was just, you know, life gets in front of you. And I think one of the things about this cruise is that they, they kind of keep making it longer and you know and they go upscale on the on the ship um, and the thing that I've, I've learned from the real estate guys and from others is that um, when you when the barrier to entry is high the quality of what you get out of the experience is the highest and oh absolutely what, and what I talk about all the time is that the one scarce resource in the world is your time and so if you uh, are gonna go on a cruise for six days that's you know low-end 399 uh, you know, you know, some kind of like you know investor thing um, that where, the, where you run to the back of the room and buy stuff. You'll learn some stuff, but when you when you give up eleven days and uh, pay the level that you do to go on this cruise, uh, makes a big difference. I mean, the people that come are just incredible. But yeah, so on, so last year I came with my son and Robert was there without his wife, without Kim. Um, the first time I go back to 2012, the entire Rich Dad organization for the first time sure, was there. Yeah. So it's kind of cool to be. Kind of following. I know Robert's gone. I think a couple times since uh, when I wasn't there, mm-hmm. but this was the first time I think that Kim came back with him. So uh, maybe yep. yeah, yeah. So it's really neat. But when she comes, you're right. It's a totally different flavor. But it was just great timing. Um, my three events have been great timing. Uh, but I think I'm on a path to keep going for many years now. Um, but when she comes, uh, it's like you said, a different flavor. But it's because she brings a lot of value for the women that mm-hmm. are here. And they did this amazing partner thing that I've never seen from them. That was kind of interesting. It was incredible value. Yeah. It, was, it was interesting. But then, you know, then they repeated again yesterday. 
Uh, we'll I talk, got we'll talk, we'll talk about that in a second, too. Yeah, so I got great value of it because my wife was here. So cool. this was perfect having Sue on this trip. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, you know, this is, it's interesting. This this go around, this this cruise, and especially the the different personalities that are here. Remember, they're from people from totally different walks of life, different yeah. countries, uh, different nationalities, different, even different, you know, socioeconomic. I mean, we had a good... We had someone that had just sold, you know, hundred million dollar hospital, and then we have, you know, younger kids that are just kind of figuring out the entrepreneur game. So it's a very, yeah. very wide, wide spectrum, you know. But this year, I it, it really there was a distinct difference between what Robert uh, Kiyosaki has uh, touched on in the past and uh, what he touched on this side. And I, as I kind of go back and look, the. The, the topic, he really did touch on it. It was just different this year. Now, normally what's happened, you know, in all the years that, that he's come on the summit, there's a there's a book study. And if you go back and listen to the previous, you know, previous years, the book study is is profound because of how he how he does it. Yeah. And we'll get into the actual article in a second, but let's just touch on, you know, the actual way in which he does it. Sure. So the book study, the book study itself is interesting because when we're we're reading, and we've read, you know, a case for gold by Jim Rickards. Uh, we read an excerpt out of a really old book, but that focused on the power that petroleum or oil has when it comes to international relations uh, relationships. Last year, but what basically what he's trying to get us to do as participants in this study is not interpret what is being said in the words, but to look at the actual words and what is being said, not what we think is being said. And I think that's profound because, you know, we bring a lens to the world in which we interpret pretty much everything that's going on. And it, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, those definitions are essentially um, our making. And so he tries to really hone in on people to get them to focus and talk about and ask questions about what is being said, not what they think, right? right? And and he almost, you know, in the in the past years, he has literally like ripped people's heads off, like it, little not time. not little. I'm sorry, I can't say literally, <laughs> but all he he would have, yeah. right? If he, it was it. He, he has a very, very dominating personality where he will yell and scream and curse at people, yeah. right, for being belligerent, right, not right. being open-minded. And that's happened in previous years, right? So yeah. it didn't, it almost happened this year because the first timers are the ones that always kind of like yeah. don't know that it's a, you know, it's a lion's den. I mean, a guy and, gave him the opportunity, but he didn't yeah. take it. It's a, and, it's a total mousetrap. <laughs> like, ooh, cheese. And then, then yeah, like, it's like slam. So you have to be, you know, we oftentimes, I'll, I'll warn people and kind of give yeah. them a heads up as to, you know, what is going to, to happen in the article study and to, to kind of be prepared for it. But this guy, you know, started to go off on a tangent talking about something that had nothing to do with the actual yeah. article. So yeah. it's, anyway, that was interesting. But he tries to get you kind of in a closed environment, talk, you know, think about it, read it. There's a big group discussion, but then it gets you into small group discussions, right? Yeah. So maybe maybe you touch on that and the value of of those small group discussions before yeah. there is a sharing in big discussions, right? Yeah. So um, he you know he has us um, you know read a section and then turn and discuss with your partner, or maybe he'll talk about a little bit of a concept and he'll say turn and discuss with your partner what you just learned. Mm -hmm. And and you know even last year. So the first time in 2012, it was epic, 
Uh, and I absolutely didn't get, no one in the room understood that what he was really saying was, don't bring your baggage, right? That's what Pat just said, or Patrick just said that, uh, hey, don't, don't bring your baggage, your interpretation of what the author's saying, just tell me what the author's saying. So we, most of us kind of got that and we warned the new guys, but even last year, um, I was discussing with a, someone who's been at this, this summit many times, uh, but uh, she was just kind of going off and telling this story about her, like how this applied in her life. And, and I saw Robert go by us and I was trying to distract, you know, but anyway, in the end, uh, he kind of, a little bit of belittling there on that one, but, uh, but held back. So the, the point though, even when you turn to talk to your, your um, partner, it's about regurgitating really what was just said in the room. Or sometimes if you're coming right off the article, it's just regurgitate what you read. Mm -hmm. So, um, because... But what's the value in that? Like, what do you, when you regurgit, when you, when you talk about it, yeah. okay, what is the distinguishing factor between that and, and, and sure. reading? Sure. So, uh, those of you that have read Robert's books, um, you know, he talks very often about the cone of learning. And so when you, um, when you read something, you get some value of it. I won't do the, the percentages. I'm sure you know them, but I don't. Uh, but when you actually physically talk about something, you speak about it, it's much higher. And then when you physically do it in simulation, uh, substantially higher. You know, when we, I won't go too far down a sidetrack here, but when we're preparing for something on a, on a nuclear submarine, like we're um, taking the plant to, uh, to criticality the first time, or we're, um, we're preparing to go through a, you know, a dangerous channel or something, um, we will we'll do that same level. It's amazing when I saw Robert Kiyosaki talk about it. It's something I've been doing for 20 years, mm -hmm. but not in my personal life and not in my business, mm -hmm. which was pretty valuable. Mm -hmm. Um, so you, you would you know you study it first, and you take a written exam on it, and then you have to explain it orally to mm -hmm. someone, and then eventually the whole crew does it. We yep. go through it in simulation. Well, that's what happened this morning yeah. when I was getting getting some breakfast. I was on the uh, the, the third uh, third floor, fifth floor uh, of the of the boat, and all these guys go by in like full oh, fire rifles. gear, yeah. fire gear, oh, okay. and they had their tanks on, they had their yeah. masks on. I'm like, what's going on? They were doing drills, right? They were right. doing the the physical thing. So when you read something. There's only so much that registers. It's less than right. 10%. When you actually talk about it and have an exchange or discussion or teach it, okay, an even higher amount of retention, and then the actual physical act of doing it is where there is you know, a, a much higher, you know, multiple times higher as far as a retention is concerned. And it's not just that there's different types and more effective levels of learning as you go up that, that pyramid, but it's also that you're repeating, right? Yep. So repetition, even if you just chose the same method, read something three times, that's a ton better than reading it one time. Yep. So this one, so this go around, it was, it was very different. In the past, we've done articles that have been financial or at least financial system oriented uh, with different asset class. Like I mentioned, we had a discussion on gold one year and read the first couple of chapters of uh, News Case for Gold by Jim Rickards. Uh, I can't remember what we discussed in 2012. That was, that was <laughs> too long ago. Uh, but then, you know, last year we talked about uh, oil. And, it, you know, it's one of those, it's one of those things where there, there are topics that people know some, uh, some about, uh, some information about, but really to the extent of what he wanted to get is find an expert, right? And understand the expert's perspective and read and understand and learn from what they're saying, not what our understanding of it is, right? Which I think right. is, it, th that isn't learning, right? right. When you have a close, when you have a, when, when your mindset is interpreting something, right? You're basically trying to validate what you already know, right? right? And it's very right. difficult to actually take the information and add to what you already have without having an open mind. And the way in which you have an open mind is to read it, right? Without a bias, which yeah. is hard, very yeah. hard. 
But this year, what was interesting, it wasn't a financial topic. Yeah. Right? So one other thing on, the, on okay, that topic, on. real quick, was that uh, it was part of the mousetrap you said. It was also a trap to bring those topics, right? Because we all knew and cared a lot about those topics. And so it was yeah, real totally. simple for us to just uh-huh. bring in our opinion. Like, oh, I can't wait to be the one to talk about this. Mm-hmm. And all the rookies, we'd raise our hand, right? But this topic was not that way. I mean, like, I think if in, last year or in 2012, you know, the topic had been on brain surgery, we would have got, we would have missed his point, mm-hmm. realized what baggage we were bringing because yep. we would have just physically read because we didn't have any, you know, context yep. or opinion was worse. So, yeah, I'm sorry. So that's a very, one. that's a very interesting point because, yeah, yeah when you bring, it, it would have been almost, intru- it would have been almost, I would say, beneficial to have the article we did this year first. So the article this year was it was called it was an introduction to a meditation type of practice called holosync. I think that's how you pronounce it. And basically it, it discussed the importance of meditation, but it did so in a way that I had never really thought about before. Mm-hmm. Okay? And Kiyosaki started to bring up context in regards to, uh, you know, the, the left and the right side of the brain, right? The uh, left side being more analytical and black and white and the right side uh, being more creative and colorful, as he explained it, right? Mm-hmm. Then you have your, your subconscious. And the holosync idea is essentially bringing into balance, right, those two, those two hemispheres. And I'll talk about that in just a second. But the introduction to, to holosync Right. It went it went through the fact that, you know, the the idea of of life and existence uh, is and it it really has no, you know, uh, bad to it. It's all all in a sense, the way that it is and and good. What makes it what makes it, you know, good, bad, happy, pleasurable, painful uh, is our interpretation of it. And our interpretation of it is typically a function of everything that we've gone through uh, in the in the past. The stories we've told ourselves, the experience that we've had, good, bad, or indifferent. That's just the way that it is. And everybody brings a different perspective to our current state of reality. And I think it was important for, for, for Robert because I picked up on something. I don't know if you got this, but I picked up on something that really helped me understand what he's seeking. And the, the experiences that he's gone through in his life, whether it's the military, whether I, I really picked up on the fact that his father losing that gubernatorial race in Hawaii mm-hmm. massively impacted him. Yep. Where the, the corruption, you know, the supposed corruption, uh, the politics of Hawaii were so that when his father ran for governor of the state, he lost, but the fact that he ran against a very, I would say, ingrained politician in you know the uh, the, the the political landscape there, uh, so profound that his father never got a job again. Right. Uh, and basically, the guy that did one said that he would never have a position of significance there. And so I look at that experience, I look at, you know, his military experience, and he saw his father fail. He saw the experience he had in school being a, a, a C student, not having a good experience. And I think he's just been asking the question, why do they think that way? Why Not to say that it's good or bad, right? It's why are they thinking that way? Why are things that way? Why is society that way? And he's helped us, I would say, in, in this uh this summit particularly is to understand that the way in which our society works today is teaching individuals and continually reinforcing the individual, 
right? And yeah. that individuals should work, study, and do by themselves, right? Right? Without a team, without a unit by themselves. That's how the school system works. Okay, it's how uh, the professional environment works. It's how politics work. Right. And if you think about it, I never even thought about the political side of things, but all the political issues we're having right now, there are individuals that grew up in academia, there are individuals that grew up in you know, just the typical school system and work environment, and they took all of that training and conditioning to the political landscape, right? And they're trying to be individuals but are supposed to be working in groups, which was the intention behind, you know, the entire Republican idea of government, which was based on our, you know, founding fathers. So it's interest, interesting that it, that it applies to a lot of different aspects of society these days. But, if, but he went in and really had this profound experience in military where he learned how they work in teams. And he gave a number of examples. One particular that I'm remembering right now is you, know, you, you essentially have uh, a squadron of whether it's airplanes or helicopters or whatever that fly in groups. Right, but right. whereas civilians are trained to fly as an individual or singularly, right. okay, and then he gave examples, you know, of uh, the one pilot where he essentially, you know, flew above, right, because he got, he got really scared yeah. and he got totally taken out, and a lot of people died because of that. So basically, the you know the idea that we are trained to look at the world as an individual, and you know, we we essentially have to look out for ourselves, and you know. Everything should be done be because of because of us and our singular role, uh, not necessarily as a team. That's how we're that's how we're trained and, and conditioned, and and he talked about how destructive that uh, that was. It became this you know doggy dog zero sum game where you had to be you know all encompassing smart or nothing at all, which is just. You know, in my opinion, that's not uh, it's not reasonable. Okay, right. and but you really see the effects of that mentality in our society, okay, and how it's you know affected politics, how it's affected the professional landscape, how it's affected academia, uh, and how it's affected business. Right. right. So as you know, as we went through Holosync, the idea was you know everything is as it is. It's our interpretation of it. But the more that you're able to, and you know this walks you through a meditation exercise. But the more you're able to get your mindset in a specific uh, wave pattern, right? A brain wave pattern that's that's measurable. Okay, you start to eliminate a lot of that singular bias, and you start to understand, you know, the principles of relationship, the principles of uh, of love, the principles of you know things are the way that they are, and it's okay. Right. And I'll give an example, and then I'll pass it up, pass the baton, yeah, sure. uh, baton to you. But I saw this as we were in line for the cruise ship, right? <laughs> and it, where you know there were these two lines, and then there was one that was like VIP, and then one was just a regular line. But the regular line, there was no line. So this lady, like you know, kind of got in front, and then some woman went to her and says, "You're in the wrong. You're, you, you know, you have to get in, get in line." And she's like, and they just had this huge art argument, right? And because basically she thought she was cutting. Uh, right. And we all have that, right? right Where somebody right. cuts in line or, you know, cuts us off on the freeway. But what is, what's the mental process that causes us to act like that? It's that individual thing that I was talking about, right? right. Where it's basically like, it's, it's my life and it's my time and I've been waiting here and they haven't. And, 
you know, I deserve to go first because I have been doing this, that, or the other. It doesn't really, in the end, it doesn't really matter. But society has been trained to think of ourselves as just this individual and all that's important is, is us. Right. Right. And so that's a, that's a small example. Uh, But, you know, I've, I've thought through just, you know, how individuals interpret the way things are. And because it's a singular mentality, there is so much that's missed. Yeah. Right. It's, financial opportunities, it's job opportunities, it's relationship opportunities, where if we just had that mindset, we're able to essentially capitalize on new partnerships, new wealth building opportunities, something. But I think we, I think people miss that, right? Because they're always just thinking out for them themselves, looking out for themselves, right? Does, right, that, does that make right, sense? Right, right. All right. Yeah. So that's the hollow, the, the hollow sync <laughs> article is profound, right? Yeah. And you can, and it's a free PDF. You just, you know, look up, maybe we can put a link in the show notes, but it's like hollow sync uh, PDF, but it's a profound article. Right. And it was interesting that he had us read that, but the, I would say the purpose there's, there's some nuggets in that article that talk about what I just mentioned, which is basically, you know, the more, more in harmony left brain and right brain are based on these, you know, essentially putting your brain waves in certain patterns. Okay. You're able to understand life at a different level and see things that are there right now, but you're just not seeing them. Does that make sense? Right. right? You're not intuitive right. to that, to that level. So I thought it was profound. I mean, it was like, it, it helped me really think about a, a ton uh, and it's still making me think about it. Yeah, okay? But I'd exactly. love your opinion because you, you obviously, you know, with your career, I mean, you went to the Naval Academy, right? Yeah. So it's one of those things where you, you went to the typical school system, you graduated and then got into, you know, an, a, a prestigious academy. So it's a transition period because you go to an academy and even though you're, you're in school in a sense, you're being trained to work as a, as a leader. Right. Okay. So I'd love to hear kind of your take on everything that we've been learning from, from your lens, right? Which is definitely a different lens than mine. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so it's a very left brain organization. You know, it's, it's very rigid, uh, which is interesting that Robert Kiyosaki was, Making initially, it was hard for me to understand why is he making the connection between the military. So he would, he would kind of flip back and forth, which was fascinating. He would say, "You know, I grew up in the military. We're, you know, it's yes, sir. You know, you, you do everything very rigid. That's not creative, right? That's not right brain." Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he would say, "We do everything as a team. You know, the the current U.S. Uh, school system for a hundred years has been, you know, you're an individual. If you get help from somebody else, you're cheating." And then he would reinforce the benefits of that by doing that. You know, talk to your partner thing, which was really really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he would say, he'd get back to, you know, like on Rich Dad, we do everything exactly the same. If you've ever seen a Rich Dad presentation, you know that, you know, they have the flip chart and they, they use the same black, green, blue, and red pens. And they have to take, uh, you know, it was really fascinating some of the stuff he taught us about, you know, just some nuggets about how to get messages across to people. And I thought that was just amazing about, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to bring up a concept, put a picture to it because people will remember the picture. I thought that was fascinating. It's how we teach a paradigm, but I never really made the connection about, why that's so um, effective, I guess, mm-hmm. and bringing color to things like that too to help engage the creative side of the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think really what he was what he was saying about the the rigid aspect of it um, is more, you know, it, it does support the team. Really, it's it's not um, it's it's not just left brain. Um, it helps you kind of try to stimulate the right brain. You know, and, and when you're working with a team and you're asking like, so what did you hear? What do you think? Um, you are actually um, you're preventing groupthink, and you're getting perspectives that are not yours. Mm-hmm. So often, people you're make facilita- mistakes. You're facilitating groupthink. 
You're not well, preventing it. You said preventing. Well, what I mean by groupthink is that a bunch of yes men. That's what I okay, meant. Okay, got, got it. Yeah. So like brainstorming is amazing. Getting yep. getting um, opinions and input from people that are not exactly like you is is absolutely important, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you had one of your advisors recently walk around the company and say, "You want to make your company better?" You know, uh, they gave a suggestion to you, right? Like yeah. bring people who are not exactly hire like women, you. Hire, hire women, right? <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, you know, so that's so. Yeah, not, not not group mentality where everybody is just a yes person and saying exactly the same thing, but rather outside opinions that you perhaps haven't thought of. You know, I, I think that's tremendous. And you were talking about um, uh, oh, so the the individual getting out of line, right? I mean, that so that's that's a huge topic that I could talk for hours on. But but that also brings in scarcity versus abundance. Mm-hmm. It brings in um, the concept that you know everybody thinks that. Massing a pile of money and, and massing a bunch of possessions and having more than the Joneses, you know, and your audience is probably, I mean, our audience is not like that, but but still, we still do get upset when somebody cuts us off on the freeway, right? Yeah. Or when somebody passes you in line, and it's because you focus everything on you. Yeah. And I don't think you can get beyond that with just the left brain, or even maybe just the right brain. Um, so it was really it was really profound for me when he, he talked about, you know, kind of combining those aspects. But... You know, people who um, who are successful in in life and in world in the world, and are happy are people who aren't focusing on themselves. You know, I, I did that in a talk that you you heard recently, where uh, you know I was showing pictures of the most successful, the most like content people on earth, and you know, Mahatma Gandhi and, and Mother Teresa, and, you know, those people um, didn't have external wealth that they put in their garage mm-hmm. or a bank account. They had wealth by sharing things to others. You know, the abundance mentality, right? So. Anyone who is, um, you know, I think is inwardly focused, like focus on me and I'm going to get something at the expense of someone else is, is very um, scarcity mindset. It's never, yeah, that, you know? it's always, there's always going to be an ending to that. And there's, and there's no way to ever win that, right? Yeah. There, there is never, there's always somebody who's got farther up the ladder, yep. has a higher it's, pile. It's zero-sum game. You right. win at somebody else's <laughs> expense. Right. All right, so talk, talk about this, though, because this is, he didn't bring this up you know, this, this go around, right? But he did bring in military into yeah. it. He talked about group. He did, you know, bring up essentially, you know, the, the benefits of working in a, in a, team. a team. Yeah. But he didn't bring up the, the, the objective of the team, right? right. The, the mission side sure. of it. What is the objective, the value system in which people operate, right? And, and also the, the, the vision behind it. Where are we going? So you have right. a mission, like what is our purpose? And then the vision is what's our path? Where are we going? And I think that he, he didn't bring that up, but I, but I think it, he was making those statements with the understanding that the team had that, you know, all agreed on that. Yeah. They all agreed. These are the values in which I live my life or I operate myself. And this is the mission I'm on with you. And yeah. here are, here's the vision of where we're going, right? And going to, you know, when he was in Vietnam, where the helicopters flew in, you know, as a, as a unit, as a squadron, yeah. when one deviated, the squadron had the understanding that the mission was the same. Everybody was on the same mission. Right. They had the same vision. They understood the principles and values that they flew their aircraft by. This guy deviated, yeah. died. A bunch of people died along with him. Nobody ever trusted him again. So it's yeah. one of those things where you know, there's as an individual, you're 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 exposed, and I, and no wonder people feel so protective right and they're right. so like don't cut me in don't cut me in line right or they flip somebody off on the freeway right, right? i totally do that on camera <laughs> uh, but i flip somebody up on you know on the freeway i can see i can see that but as you're working in a unit where you know there is there's someone there yeah. that has your back that believes as you believe 
right, may have a different skill set than you, but is on the same on the same path. And as much as you value them, they value you. Does that, does that make right? sense? Absolutely. So maybe maybe integrate that into your experience with you know a leadership, a really important leadership position, you know, in the in, in the Navy. Sure. So it, it really gets back to. Uh, focusing outward, you know, it's really it's really very similar to that. So as I was, you know, as I was finishing my career, I was teaching ethics at the Naval Academy. And it's really interesting subjects like leadership and ethics, because you are engaging a side of the brain. And it's a very uh, it's a very technical school that we go to there. Most of the, everyone comes out with a bachelor of science degree, and engin- most of them are engineers and scientists. Um, but then we take you to leadership and ethics courses, like I was teaching, and you know, uh, we talk about things like, okay, what if you had to disobey a law, or a rule, I mean, or, or an order. Uh, what if, uh, is it moral to go take this action? If you're in command of your ship and, and there's people, you know, one of the, the, one of the really historic ones that we talk about is, uh, there are some, um, refugees on a boat that you come across while you're on your way to a mission. And is it the right answer to lead those people? Do you throw them some water? Do you bring them on board your ship? They could, you know, they could damage your mission. They could prevent it from happening. Right. So some really tough questions, but those don't go over very well left brain only. So but yet we don't teach, we don't know to teach this that was mm-hmm. in the Holosync. Um, and it would be very helpful if we did. Like if we had the, the midshipmen actually meditate for a while, learn how to do that so mm-hmm. that they could, you know, if I knew as a captain of my submarine when there were tough questions, you know, one of the challenging things about command is that there's no one, especially when you're not in communications, you know, there's no one to turn to. Like everyone turns to you eventually. You know, you try to tell them, you know, make the decision, make a recommendation to me. But in the end, there's eventually you're like, hey, there's no one back there. So... Uh, but if you had the ability to go into your stateroom and you know go through this process and then come out with a clear answer, because I mean I haven't started the process of holosync or, or just improving my meditation. I do some, um, but I, I think you know until you get into that delta phase, right, or at least theta, where your you know your brain your brain gets in a much more calm state and you're able to let both sides of the picture come out. Because in my kind of basic way of explaining, you know, the left brain and right brain, you you've got. I mean, you got ones more analytical, one that's more creative, but really you, you're seeing half the picture. So if you've ever like tried to watch a movie without the sound or listen to something without the video or uh, you know a two-channel audio recording and you're only hearing one side of it, it's really hard to figure out really what's going on, right? So that's what a lot of us do. Um, but if you get to this point where you can put them both together, I think the answers become much more clear. Yeah. Um, so very frequently... Um, the team aspect absolutely applies. Um, you know, the, really, the big thing about team aspect in the military is backup. It's like everyone has a role, and um, if their role is not performed, especially in a Navy environment on a big ship, I had 150 crew members, and there was always 25 or so that were on watch. And any one of those guys not doing his job could get us in big time trouble. Now mm-hmm. we we have a lot of backup. We have people kind of overseeing and checking up on each so other. Contingency plans. Con- yeah, but but one person could make could bring the whole team down. Yeah. So it's, and that's just a little bit of a flip on the side of, of you know Marines and um, and no one we leave no one behind, right? So often that's one guy putting his life in danger to go get a, a fallen comrade. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the, it's kind of the opposite of everyone is needed to make the thing execute. In that case, mm-hmm. you got one guy yeah. doing it, but still it's it's team, right? It's and, but I think the reason we don't leave anybody behind is because, um, you know, we have the confidence to go do amazing things. It's, it's interesting the World War II studies, right, on why do people fight, and they repeated those in Vietnam. The majority of the reason that people fight was for the person next to them in the foxhole that they didn't know before they got to that unit, right? It's not, yep. everyone thought it was for my family back home, and, you know, and it, it's not. It's for the guy, it's the team member, yep. you know, that we've kind of created, so... Well, that's pop- that's profound, and we, that, we could probably use that as an entire topic because <laughs> right. you're totally right. It's 
you're the 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 actual military itself when you are in that type of uh, environment okay you you're you're building kind of a collective trust yeah. right that's based on a, a preconceived set of values mission vision and so forth right so that when you did uh, find yourself in that environment with somebody that you weren't familiar with but you were on the same team Okay, you you didn't tuck tail and run, which is definitely the individual instinct, right? Right. All right. All right. Exactly. All right. So let's do let's do this. I want to talk about the whole like be do have thing mm. quick, right? Mm. And then then let's get uh, let's segue to let's segue to your uh, your book. Cool. And I think that should be that pretty should good. be it. pretty good. Yeah, a lot of knowledge there. for sure. <laughs> All right. So be do have this is this is really a lot of this is interesting because there's there's actually a section of the. Uh, you know, well, one of the values of, of Paradigm, right, yeah. which is the primary yeah. company that we're we're a part of, uh, is be do have. That's one of our that's one of our values. And what yeah. we mean by that, which kind of plays into this, because he because Kiyosaki uh, talked extensively about uh, the be do have principle, which is you know have have as results, right? Have have uh, have is what comes after behavior, right? When you do something, you have results. R- results just don't happen in and of themselves. Something has to mm-hmm. happen. And when it comes to a human being, behavior is initiated by by something. And typically, it's your habits, it's your subconscious, it's the programming, uh, good, bad, or indifferent that you've gone through. You know, pretty much your your whole life. And so, individuals always want uh, different results. I think we're we're compelled to progress. We're compelled to have more, to do more, to be more, but yet we find ourselves in this kind of like, you know, wanting to circumvent mentality, which is, well, if I had that, then I would be happy. <laughs> or if I had this, or if I yeah. didn't have that situation, right, I would then have these results, right? Right. And that's not, that. that is a backwards way of thinking. It never actually happens. But I guess right. it probably sometimes does, but it's complete <laughs> luck. But the idea in the end is if, if you are compelled, which I assume you are because you're listening to, to podcasts, if you're compelled to, to progress, if you're compelled to, to do more, uh, and the results that you have are, are not, you know, you're, you're not happy with them or, or content with them, then instead of looking at new results, you look at new being, right? Being somebody that's different. Now, how do you, how do, you do that? I would say it first comes down to what we've been talking about, right? Which is the way in which things exist right now is, is good. And it, you know your what you've done up to this point has produced these results. So it comes down to you know essentially learning more, being more, whether it's through study, whether it's through mentorship, whether it's through uh, certification, reading books, going to events. That basically will expand this idea of being right, where you know more, you understand more, uh, and you can essentially provide more value, which is the doing side of things. And as you do more, then you will you will have more. But the idea of this hollow sink was awesome is that, you know, it, as Gary was mentioning, you know, it does kind of balance out that analytical black and white uh, left brain side of things with uh, the right brain, which is very uh, colorful. And that type of you know that type of balance allows you to look at all of the world and your and your opportunities much differently and you're able as i mentioned before pick up on things that you didn't pick up on previously and so you know the whole video have I'll let you comment on on a second what i would say you know in the end is I, the, the connection I made was the idea of, of meditation. With meditation, I've, I've done it for uh, a number of years, and it's very difficult for, for me because my mind is always you know thinking about stuff. 
but it's very difficult, right? And that is the, the beta side of the brain where it's just like, you know, think tons of stuff is going through your mind. Okay, and that really is what creates the habits because most of those thoughts are the same as the thoughts from yesterday, <laughs> right. right? So the idea yeah, is, right. you know, getting yourself into, uh, you know, alpha and getting yourself into theta uh, and then delta, like those brain waves essentially, you know, calm yourself and expand, you know, your mindset, uh, tapping into, you know, more of the, the subconscious. Yeah. Uh, so we won't get in deep, deep into that. But I think the idea behind meditation that I took from, you know, reading, reading and studying this article and thinking about it, right, is that... It basically puts your mindset in, you know, in this, you know, you, you put a, a, a set of glasses on that you're now seeing more opportunities. You're seeing the value in others. You're you're not quickly responding to things that you think are wrong or if somebody wronged you, you're not, you know, wanting to, you know, inflict revenge on, you know, on them. You're in a, you're in a state of mind where things are Right. And it's okay. And it's good. Right. As opposed to taking all of your baggage, putting those glasses on and being, you know, vindictive and the world sucks and I suck and I, <laughs> nothing ever goes my way and I'm never right. lucky and I, everything always happens to others and you know, yeah. that, that vicious yeah. cycle. So that's, a, that's kind of the last thing I, I, I took from it. So don't yeah. let, I'll let you um, be do have, address yeah. so, on Be Do Have and then we'll get into, get into your new book. Awesome. So I, I love Be Do Have concept and, and uh, using their colors. Um, Robert yesterday wrote like wrote B and uh, blue and then do and red and then have and blue again. I don't know if that was on purpose, but, but uh, one of the things that Tom Wheelwright always does is he writes behave above that. So he just takes the B and the haves and puts them together, Cool. which I think is pretty cool. And, and the do was in a different color, so you could see B and have there together too, mm-hmm. like behave. Um, but I, cool. kind of the point for that in a very simple example is, you know, like, why does Gary Pinkerton never win the lottery? Well, one thing is I didn't do something that was necessary. I didn't buy a ticket, right? Yeah. So that, that would be helpful. If you at least do, then you might have. But often that's just pure chance, right? So you, we all know people who did. They bought a, they did the do part. They bought a ticket. Um, and they randomly, you know, won the lottery. And then they're a wealthy person, right? But they don't stay a wealthy person. And why? It's because they didn't become a wealthy person, right? And so that's one of the, and the things that, that Robert Kiyosaki and his team always talk about is that you have to become a different person. Mm-hmm. So if they don't, if they don't be uh, before they do, like buy the ticket, then when they have, they won't keep it, right? And so it's just kind of a very simple example of that. But for me, be, do, have is, um, again, it, it's about um, adding value. Like one of the things you said when uh, when we were talking about Cashflow 101 a few months ago, for me it was inspirational, but you were talking about that outer ring of Cashflow 101 and uh, the fast track and why, um, I don't remember, I won't go all the way down that path, but, but what you were talking about um, was that um, you have to, well, you were talking about money and you said, you know, the other side of money is adding value. So so really money, the amount of money you have, the amount of money you make is just a representation of the value you've added to others. And I thought that was that was pretty awesome, mm-hmm. right? So like currency, like what is this green stuff? Ah, you added some value today, you got some money in your wallet, right? Um, now that's not always true, right? I mean, the guy who uh, robs a bank, kills three people, takes all the money, he kind of stole it. So there's the other side where you could steal it. Mm-hmm. But in general, long term, if you continue to earn money, I mean, Robert Kiyosaki for 21 years has been earning money because people buy rich dad, poor dad. He continues to add value to new people Right, so when you become something different, um, then you have money in that case. When you um, when you are a when you're a very giving, caring, thoughtful individual, you have friends, right? So I just think be do have is 
it's just kind of the starting point that mm-hmm. most of us don't really think too much about. But again, it's outwardly focused and it's abundant focus, which yep. I just love. Yep. I totally agree with that. Yeah, it's it's one of those, those it's been taught by a lot of personal development people. I mean, this is probably not new to you. Kisaki is definitely not the first person that, you know, that, that uh, came up with the idea or talks about the idea or teaches the idea. Uh, but because it's been used by so many people, that's a clue. And I think that's a clue to <laughs> yeah. say, wow, you know, if you do on different results, which... It, that's a rhetorical question because you do just like everybody yeah. else because all humans are compelled for different results. It's how do you become a different person? Now, it's not I don't want to change who I am. It's not that, right? It's how do you improve upon you know your skills, your attributes, your abilities to you know essentially create more value for uh, for others. And, yeah. and I think the teamwork side of it is is huge because once you you know pick up on how you can create more value for others it's typically because of some strength some ability some attribute that you have that you're not spending enough time on yeah. well if you want to spend more time on it then you probably have to give up some things that you're spending time on which means you need to incorporate other people on your team to perform that type of task right yeah okay cool well, let's get into let's get into your book right because oh, cool. I don't, we don't have forever on this but you just uh, you just you just wrote this book the one thing that changed everything and it's with um, you know uh, I think about a dozen a dozen authors or so 10 authors 26 26 authors okay yeah. wow that's a lot um, <laughs> and it's fascinating because again it it, it this was obviously written well before we came on this, this yeah, cruise, yeah. right? But it's it's everybody talking about the same thing coming from different perspectives and different backgrounds and different yeah, stories yeah. and so forth. And it's cool because they're just little short stories, right? right? And it's not this, you know, you're not learning about one person over and over and over and over and over and over again, their perspective or opinion on things, right? right. You're learning about one thing from 26 different perspectives. So it's right. kind of cool. So why don't you tell us about, you know, the book, some of the things that are in there, what the title right. means, and then we'll get into uh, how people can get uh, get a copy. Right. Awesome. So Patrick's writing a book too, which will be out here soon. But so this was my first, you know, one that was physically published. I did an ebook, um, and I've, you know, this was, but my portion really wasn't much bigger than a lot of term papers I've written or letters <laughs> that I used to have to write as commanding officer to uh, the head of our nuclear power training program and every month. So this wasn't much bigger than that, but it was soul searching, right? So, and actually what I learned was that the process of taking what was originally 20 some pages when I was done with it down to like six or eight was really hard. Mm-hmm. You know, you're thinking like, is that really an important part of the story? Like one of these two paragraphs has got to come out, which one is really my message? Um, so if you ever have to go through an exercise where, you know, um, you, you know, think about, uh, you know, my coach gave me, uh, awesome coach gave, gave me an exercise one time uh, a few months ago that's, that, um, you know, when you come back next week, um, you know, pretend that you have been standing on a mountaintop and you had to tell uh, thousands of people um, what's important in life and you only have one minute to do it. That was hard. That was really hard. So, uh, but I learned a lot. And so this book, writing this book was very similar to that. Um, and there are so many inspiring stories. And I think the most important thing in here, there, there's great lessons in this book, but just like, um, you know, Robert Kiyosaki teaching Be Do Have or Jim Rohn's stuff. I mean, they got those from, from other people. They, they distilled down the most important stuff. You know, someone, someone famous said there's nothing new under the sun, right? So you'll have learned these lessons before, but, but these are people that I've met, uh, people that you've probably met or heard of, and um, their story is humbling because you realize, gosh, that, that's not different than what I went through. But also, maybe it's just a reminder 
but there's a, there's a lot of men who are really emotional and, uh, and they really kind of inspire you or, or touch you to you know, kind of do better. So my story, talk about that real quick. Yeah. So mine uh, started, as I was saying at the beginning of this one, uh, in 2012 on the Real Estate Guys Summit. So I, was, uh, I just finished up command of the USS Tucson. I was um, kind of searching for where I was, you know, what I was going to do next because for many years that was my goal is to, is to command a submarine a, a, a crew and um, it was wildly successful in the end. Eventually, it was a little rough at the beginning, but but we we did it, and I was I was transferred off the ship, and I was just kind of searching, and I knew I wanted to be in real estate. I knew I really liked personal finance, um, but I knew there's just some things out there that I was not interpreting correctly. I didn't have the right color glasses on. But the t- that's not the typical. I mean, that no, is the- not what the typical commander in your position right is seeking right, right? and. It- and you had tons of opportunities being a government contractor, you yeah, know, living yeah. in, you know, Arlington, Virginia, or wherever yeah, right, in Virginia, right. right? And on that belt, you know, being able to get a, a very healthy six-figure yeah, income yeah. just being a contractor, right? Right, yeah, we go way down that path if we wanted. But <laughs> so I would just move to the Pentagon, uh, and I was working on an incredible staff. I mean, I was very lucky to be on the Joint Chief Staff. I mean, it was just really inspiring. I was working with some amazing, amazing heroes. Uh, but I was also deep into a machine of 25,000 people going to work every day, and a lot of them were, were kind of just mis- sustaining the machine, right? And one of the fascinating things that one of my mentors taught me was that uh, every government organization or every organization out there, uh, group of people, company, whatever, um, their first and, and foremost job is, is self-preservation, just like an animal. Mm-hmm. Like, what's that cat's job? The cat's job is survival, right? He so, must survive. So every time you hear the president or you hear the Department of Defense, you know, the chairman say, we have created a new organization. We'll call it the uh, TS or the TSA. We've created the TSA. <laughs> well, now we've got an organization whose job it is every day. Prim- the primal level is to, you know, keep the organization going. I'm sorry, I wasn't going to go down the path too far. So here I am in 2012. <laughs> And I'm standing outside the, the dining hall one evening with Robert Kiyosaki. And I had read some old stuff that he did about uh, talking about how everybody is, uh, everybody is a genius at something. And he was, it was his early days of railing on the school system. And uh, you know, he said that you know, the reason that most people come out of school like I did thinking that I was dumb, this is him speaking, is because I didn't fit in the mold of academic genius, intellectual quotient. He's like, there's a lot of Q- IQs, not mm-hmm. just academic IQ. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really... Uh, as I as I thought about a lot of people that uh, that I had followed and thought were amazing geniuses, um, they didn't they weren't uh, they weren't necessarily academic experts, and but they were they were great leaders and they were great at what they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I continued after, a couple years after that to meet people like that. I'd also just read Atlas Shrugged at the time. I'd just met um, G. Edward Griffin after. You know, so it was kind of Jerry a busy study Preacher book. of Jekyll Island, <laughs> Atlas Shrugged, and Kiyosaki like, while you're working at the Pentagon. Yeah. yeah. So this book is about how those interactions in 2012 changed me. And uh, to cut the long story short, I, um, working with my coach, I figured out what I want to do for the rest of my life and and that is to help people get on a not necessarily just entrepreneurial path but on a path where they add value to to the world right I, I'm like you I don't believe in and you know prosperity economics movement I don't believe everyone in that group we don't really believe in retirement and uh, you know because that means to back away and one of the awesome things that Robert Kiyosaki said in, in one of in his last episode yesterday with us was um, you know, people who retire, they they live an average life expectancy of like three to five years. 
And uh, you know, he was he was very spiritual on this one, and he talked about God a lot. He called it like the general overall director, just to kind of be more inclusive, yeah. <laughs> right? But but he was like, you know, if you decide that you're going to chase a little white ball around the, the pretty little lawn, uh, you know, for two or three years, you know, God, he said, kind of figures that out and decides, well, I don't need you either anymore. <laughs> so you go away. So I thought that was kind of kind of interesting. Oh but but my point is. Um, that I want people to try to add value to the world, right? And and so Atlas Shrug actually kind of comes back in this, and there's a, you know, uh, Galt's Gulch, and John Galt has this little secret society of people that all want to add value, and so that's what I'm going to do, is somehow create Gary's Gulch, or Galt's Gulch. Gary's Gulch. Like <laughs> and then Hopefully Puerto Rico. beach. <laughs> it's warm, because I'll come visit all the time. Yeah, might be Puerto it. Rico after that, that fun visit yesterday. Yeah, so. that was cool. Yeah, we were on Puerto Rico as part of the part of the, part of the stop. All right, well, let's talk about, so the, the book, you know, the, the theme is the one thing that changed everything. Mm-hmm. So maybe address that, and then uh, we're going to give give out uh, five of these and uh, for free, and uh, I'll tell you how we uh, how we'll do that in just a, just a second. So what's yeah, so great. what are some of the you know the one thing that, that changed everything? What was what was Kyle Wilson who kind of orchestrated this whole this whole book? Sure. What what did Kyle kind of approach you with and say? You know, Gary, this is the title of the book. This is what I want you to write about. So he really left it up to us, which was amazing that 26 people got together and wrote powerful stories. Um, they did edit them and they helped us reduce them down and say, you know. As I think about your message, um, you know, do you think that section, that that part of the story, is as important as this part of the story? So they'd give a little bit of nudging, but in the end, if if there's some that are three times as long as mine in this book, um, because those individuals thought that it was that every aspect of it applied, uh, I might have cut mine down too far for for people. You know, I might have taken a little bit of context out of it, um, but. Um, I'm a type A person and they challenged me to make it shorter, so I made it shorter. But, you know, so for me, um, the one thing that changed everything was, um, was learning the lessons of prudent financial, um, uh, learning prudent financial lessons. And so thinking back through my experiences, I grew up on a dairy farm uh, and it was high interest rate world. And uh, we had two advisors, one was a banker and one was a life insurance guy. And it turns out not the way we thought it was going to turn out. I mean, we lost the farm because the banker kept making some recommendations that weren't really very good. The people who were going to buy the house from us put some put their money in the stock market for two months, by the way. The first people who were going to buy it because they want to get a little bump, a little, little bit extra from the Bitcoin, right? And then when it was time, it had come down 25% and they, they lost everything and, and we didn't sell to them. Um, and so the, lessons like that keep happening. But the, the other part of my lesson in here, the one thing for me was that you is what we've talked about already it's about abundance it's about um you know seeking where you feel that you can add the most value Um, but i talk about what we do at paradigm life with um you know i believe that everyone in in gary's gulch you know should be seeking their own uh their own unique genius they should only be focusing on what they're better at than everyone else because it inspires them to do it it's those those activities might be basket weaving but it's that activity where you lose your yourself in time. Like you don't even realize I just spent two days doing this, right? So, but people can't focus on that if they're focused on not living under an overpass. So, if if they don't have things in place like insurance, like health insurance or life insurance or car insurance, they could do one bad, have one bad day, and they've destroyed the family's abilities to not live under an overpass. So, you know, we help people put that in place, and then we help people figure out how to do passive income. What is that? We've got a dozen things that I'm proud to say we offer where you can have money come in while you're sleeping. And then when that's out of the way, your family is not gonna live in an overpass, you're gonna have healthcare if you have a problem, uh, and then you're gonna have passive income so you can stop uh, being on the treadmill so often, maybe not 
all at once, but you can start to focus on things that inspire you. You can start to go to school and, and, uh, and improve, master that skill that you're really good at so that you can focus on that thing. So that's really, for me, like I'm trying to push people to unique genius is what, I'm, what I think we're doing at Paradigm. And I think that's, a, you know, it's one of those, it's not a black and white, it's not a black and white thing, right? right. It's like, you know, we, we've been trained and conditioned and really our perspective of the world is we have to do these kind of this this regimen this first this second this third this fourth this fifth right and part of that toward the end the finish line that makes it all worth it right is this mythical you know status of not having to work again yeah and that is that's the difficulty right because right. getting a person to actually reprogram themselves right to a mentality where they're going to work forever but they're going to do it with something that they love, do it with something that's going to, you know, elongate their, you know, their life expectancy. You know, it's a, it's going to take a while to get it's that. It's a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> and I, but I would, but I would say it's, it's one of those things where I, I really believe that, you know, the world is really showing how, uh, how abundant it really is, whether it's the technological advances that are going on, whether it's our ability to communicate, whether it's, you know, people being able to do a book, very easy, you know, not easily, but easier than in the past. Yeah. With you know, Granum's like you know, tight press. You know, you don't have to like press a page and then press and set all the little words and then press another page. You know, that was the book. That was the book process previously, right? Now, you know, it's much simpler to actually you know get a book out there, get thoughts out there that will empower and inspire people, right? But it's I think the world is kind of gravitating toward that. Wow, this is an amazing experience. This is how you know, we can actually find something that we can become very wealthy at, but also love doing, which is, I would say, like the new, uh, that new finish line, which is kind of like the infinite finish line. Right. You get there, but it's kind of like it never ends. Right. Right. Cool. All right, everyone. Well, this is how you get the book. So, uh, we, with podcasting, um, I love doing it and it really inspires me and I love interviewing guests. I hope you guys get a lot of value at it. Uh, out of it. I want to touch more people and the way in which we do that is by sharing it and there are these tech companies called Apple and Google, <laughs> you know, and they, you know, they have all these different, you know, equations to 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 rank and to, you know, to get us uh, you know, get get a, get get more exposure to it. So if you got the, the one of those main things you can do is is a, a review, a positive review, and doing a positive review, sharing it, getting more people to subscribe, that helps you know ex- expand it. So we're gonna do uh, five of these books, and all you have to do is give us a really good review on uh, Apple, take a picture of it, and send it to podcast at paradigmlife.net. But you can also, if you've already done that. Uh, you can essentially take this episode and then share it with your, you know, your Facebook audience uh, or your Twitter audience. And if you take a snapshot of that, uh, we will we'll also send this uh, this book to you. So if you guys can do that, email us at podcast at paradigmlife.net. We will make it happen. Man, I was humbled to have you on, have for you to have me on this one. So oh, this, awesome. this was, was yeah. Cool. I love you. No one better to have on this. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you very much. Uh, we got a couple episodes left of this season called Life. And uh, we really appreciate your support and for listening and or watching. And we'll talk to you next time. Thank you for joining us as the Wealth Standard Podcast spends all of 2018 celebrating life, liberty, and property. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes, and we'll see you on the next one.